Thanks for joining me, friends, as I discuss the future of Bitcoin legality, regulation, and, and all that good stuff. I am not a legal expert. This is not legal advice. I'm certainly not a Bitcoin expert or a cryptocurrency expert. I don't even know how to do basic uh, coding or writing of programs or apps or anything techie like that. Uh, that is the, the typical <laughs> background or specialty of people that are really into uh, Bitcoin, at least for the first, oh, I don't know, five or ten years of Bitcoin's journey. Now, uh, more and more mainstream investors are getting into it. So there, I, I would love to just jump into the the future of Bitcoin, but it would sound like a a conspiracy theory. It would sound really weird. It would sound like it was far-fetched if I didn't lay a little bit of groundwork first. Um, so I'll give you the punchline first. Bitcoin will in time be made illegal in most countries and uh, kind of like being a, a buyer and seller of cocaine. It won't really hurt the value of the the item or the idea, uh, Bitcoin or cocaine. People will still want it, and therefore there will still be a value. That's just free market stuff that governments can't kill that. However, we each have to ask ourselves, are we willing to uh, risk being caught doing something the state doesn't like and then subsequently spending a bunch of years in prison? And for many of us, the answer is no. Uh, our life is too good as is, and we're not willing to risk going to prison to make a few bucks buying and selling cocaine or Bitcoin or whatever. So that sounds kind of wacko and out there, but let's look at why that's the case. And to do that, we have to look at who really controls the, well, I guess the world. And most monetary experts or, or economists uh, who have you know, studied the matter and looked into the origin of the origin of the origin of the thing uh, have come to the conclusion that central banks are in charge. And the central bank that operates in the United States uh, government's jurisdiction is the Federal Reserve. And the Federal Reserve, it's a private bank. Uh, it has a name kind of like Federal Express. It's Federal Reserve, and so it kind of sounds like it's a government thing. But just like Federal Express, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank is a private bank. And the bank has done a lot of things, uh, made a lot of connections and agreements and, and so on and so forth. And to learn all about them, you can read the long and wonderful book uh, by G. Edward Griffin called The Creature from Jekyll Island. Absolutely eye-opening book. Uh, I only absorbed probably a quarter of it, but it is just a brilliant but long book. Uh, so if you really want to know what's going on, read that and come to your own conclusions. But the rough summary of the Federal Reserve and how they actually function is the Federal Reserve loans money to governments primarily. And so if the U.S. government 
wants money, if the politicians want money, they go to the Federal Reserve and say, we'd like to borrow money. And they buy it at a particular interest rate. They, they buy the money or borrow the money, whatever we want to call it. But they're going to have to make payments and pay it back. So when they borrow that money from the Federal Reserve, the Federal Reserve's whole reason for loaning it to them is to make money on the interest. And banking is a very lucrative business, especially when you're a central bank. And so over the years, there's a lot of evidence that central banks have encouraged governments to make loans uh, or to take loans for large-scale things. And so just about any war that's happened in, in recent years can be traced back to the Federal Reserve kind of really encouraging the government, the U.S. government, to get into that war. And then there are other central banks throughout the world that encourage their governments uh, that they work under to get into wars. And then all of the governments borrow the money to fight these wars. And then the citizens forever after are indebted to the Federal Reserve through the government. So that seems kind of like a, a complex thing, and it is, and it gets even more complex, and I don't even understand it all, but I understand enough of the framework, and it's not really a good thing. It's actually a horrible thing. And that's just personal opinion, though. You don't care about my opinion. Form your own. Uh, maybe it's a good thing that there are central banks. So why, why does this tie into to Bitcoin? Well... The way that it ties in is that if governments and central banks as a team throughout the world, if they can't control the money, they lose almost all of their power. If the government couldn't just contact the Federal Reserve and say, hey, print another billion dollars so we can pay our soldiers and police and uh, IRS agents this year, then how would they fund themselves? They're certainly not funding everything through taxation. It's just a tiny portion. Most of it is through debt. And so the Federal Reserve relies on governments taking out loans. Well, if Bitcoin exists, then this isn't going to happen. And one of the reasons it won't happen, or couldn't continue this this handy back alley arrangement that central banks and governments have couldn't happen is because when central banks pump out money with nothing backing it, used to be backed by gold, but now it's backed by nothing, as the central bank pumps out this money and the United States goes more and more into debt, well, there's a larger pile of money in circulation. And the more money that's in circulation the less value that each dollar has. So imagine playing Monopoly and everyone has a quarter of the money and the four players, and all of a sudden somebody walks up and has all of the Monopoly money from 10 other games and just dumps it all on the table. Well, now the value of each of the original dollars, it's not worth as much because there's so much more there to share between everyone. And that causes inflation. That's what inflation is. So because of inflation, the U.S. dollar since 1911 has lost about 97% of its purchasing power. And that statistic or that number was from, I don't know, 10 years ago. 
So with all of the printing of money that's happened post-2000, 2010, uh, just a ridiculous amounts by Republicans and Democrats and, and just the whole government apparatus has printed so much money that the U.S. dollar is very likely to uh, face being devalued. It continue to be devalued. It already has, but it's going to get even worse. So that's why we like Bitcoin. Bitcoin has an upper limit. There can only be so many Bitcoins. However, there can be unlimited number of U.S. dollars. So Bitcoin is a much better option for that reason. Now, there could be other problems. I'm not saying it's a perfect thing, but it's a pretty good solution. Well, if you were a, a central bank a group of people in a government group of people, and you all knew that this handy little back alley handshake scam you have going on is going to be brought down by a decentralized digital currency, then you would stop it. And you would do a lot of things to do that. You wouldn't come off right off the bat probably making it illegal. You'd have to do a propaganda campaign for many years. And you'd probably start out by saying that it's unsafe. And, and you would look at all of the things that it really truly is, like volatile. It just goes up and down and it's unpredictable. And you would exaggerate that and make sure that there were lots of articles out there. There's a whole joke uh, there are websites out there about uh, Bitcoin obituaries uh, because hundreds of times uh, mainstream media has put out articles saying, well, Bitcoin is dead now. And so now it's become a joke in the Bitcoin community because each time you give it a couple years and it goes back up again. And this is not going to probably, I'm guessing, it's not going to stop going up, and the governments and central banks are not going to like that. They are, of course, connected to the media, and the media is going to continue to help them with this propaganda campaign. And then in time, they will be frustrated because this thing is still of value to people, and people are trying to use it as a, a medium of exchange. So the government will need to tighten controls. It will have to use propaganda to get there. So what do you think would be a good propaganda thing? Wouldn't it be smart to say, if you wanted to know every dollar that flows in and out of every citizen's pocket, you couldn't just go to people and say, hey, we'd like to violate your privacy. Is that okay? Because everyone would say, no, of course not. So what do people care about? People care about safety. They care about the safety of their children. They care about their futures. They care about passionate people crying on television. So there will certainly be a lot of propaganda, I predict, uh, that Bitcoin is being used to exploit children and traffic in, in children and, and women's sex industry. And they're kidnapping people and they're paying with Bitcoin. And, and well, look at that. That drunk driver uh, ran over someone and he purchased his car with Bitcoin and, and see Bitcoin is bad and people buy drugs with Bitcoin. Well, people buy everything with Bitcoin. It's a, it's a type of money. It's a medium of exchange in and of itself. It's not a, a good or a bad thing. It's just a, it's just money. It's a type of money. So government will have to 
put out a big propaganda campaign about why it's bad. And most people, I would say 98% of people, uh, people who watch news and who vote and who pretty much believe that, yeah, the government has some problems, but overall they're a bunch of great people really working hard to do good things. And the Federal Reserve is there to just kind of make sure that the inflation or deflation doesn't get out of control and just to kind of monitor the monetary system and everything you read in seventh grade social studies. Uh, the 98% of people that believe in that will believe, oh my gosh, we should not support Bitcoin or our neighbor who chooses to use Bitcoin. Um, it's horrible and we need to get rid of it. And just as within a few months in 2020, propaganda and widespread news outlets were able to get 98% of the population to cover up the face holes from which they previously breathed freely, uh, they'll have that same level of success with turning people against Bitcoin. Just as each country can turn its people, the government can turn its people, against the enemy government. And, oh, the heathen Chinese, and oh, the Venezuelans are horrible, and oh, the Iranians are horrible, and oh, the Chinese want to come kill us, and and oh boy, the now the Canadians are stirring up problems. The countries are very good at turning their citizens against the governments and therefore the citizens of other countries. So that's something that they're very good at. And they will certainly do that with Bitcoin. So then the big question becomes, back in 2021, you purchased some Bitcoin for $40,000 a coin. And now what do you do with it in 2026 when you have just kind of set your set your wallet aside in your mind you you have the keys to get into your wallet and you look and bitcoin is now at $230,000 or it could be at $6 I don't know that it's going to go up most people think it is but it might not but whatever it is you have that stack now of $230,000 what are you going to do with it well, here's the challenge. One of the responses that I think is going to make it difficult for you, one of the government responses, is that governments and central banks will create a kind of a copycat of Bitcoin, except it will be a controlled and safe cryptocurrency. And it will use much of the same technology, except the probably the biggest thing other than a limited supply, the biggest thing that makes Bitcoin have value is the fact that it's decentralized. There's no company called Bitcoin that controls it. You you just you can't change anything. It's it's what it is. It's on millions of computers around the world or tens of thousands, nobody even knows that. It's out there. The system is what the system is. And so there is no way, short of stopping the internet, there is no way of stopping Bitcoin except through the minds of people. And that would be done through propaganda or by making laws against it. And so the U.S. government, along with all the other governments in the world, will certainly team with their central banks to come up with their version of Bitcoin, except it's Bitcoin 2.0. It's it's newer and better and safer 
and look how much more stable it is. And, you know, just look over the last three months. If you had purchased the Federal Reserve Bitcoin uh, versus regular Bitcoin, regular Bitcoin went down by 17%. And Federal Reserve Bitcoin has remained stable. Wouldn't you rather have the stable one? You'll get all kinds of propaganda like that. And most people will go for it. Well, then here's the challenge. Let's get back to our our, our challenge. You have $230,000 that your one Bitcoin has grown to. What are you going to do with it? There will be laws that say that you can't make uh, exchanges with people for more than $5,000 or $100 or something like that without telling the government about that exchange. And your taxes, you have to report this. So you have had a gain of 40000 all the way up to 230000 so a $190,000 gain. Well, the government would like to extort a portion of that in capital gains from you. So what are they going to want out of that? Probably a third or so, a quarter or a third, or depending on uh, if a more collectivist government is in shape, they in power, they might want half. So let's just say a third, roughly $60,000-ish dollars. Well, you don't want to just hand over $60,000 for no reason whatsoever. You invested in this thing that now has a perceived value of, of much more, and so you just want to spend it. Well, who do you get to take $180,000? Your cell phone and your computer, that's how you connect, or your tablet, that's how you connect to the Internet. All that's being traced by the fine lads down at the Utah Data Center in, in Utah. Uh, just west of Salt Lake, and other locations. So all of that's already being uh, tracked. They're going to know if you send an email and say, hey, Bill, um, I'm looking for somebody to buy $230,000 worth of Bitcoin, and I don't want to do any tax reporting on it. Well, the Utah Data Center can find that easily. Well, if you can't do it that way, how are you going to find somebody to make that exchange with you? And what can they give you if regular U.S. dollars, the paper money, has been deemed dangerous because it spreads corona uh, viruses and because it's being used by drug dealers? And now we need to, it's a law that all exchanges are made, anything over $100 is made with a uh, Federal Reserve cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. It wouldn't really be Bitcoin, but they'd probably call it something like that. The law is to do that. Who are you going to find that will give you $230,000 worth of uh, vehicles or a house or land or a business or anything that is of that value? Because they can't do the this tracked, centralized digital currency. And that becomes... I foresee a big problem with Bitcoin. I'm not saying don't do it. You're just going to have to figure out how to sell the stuff if you ever want to. I hope I'm wrong. I hope that the governments all change their course and become good. I hope that all central banks immediately cease to exist. Uh, I hope they go out of business and the owners are run out of town. And I hope all of this happens. And it could. Uh, if if enough people read enough books and study history and study the truth about the monetary system and and stop watching the mainstream news and stop falling for propaganda, 
there's a chance that uh, we could have a better system in time. But as things currently stand, uh, that is a real challenge facing cryptocurrencies, digital currencies. So I guess the takeaway from this is, if you are adverse to illegal things, if you are trying to get away with not being extorted by the IRS, uh, Bitcoin is not a safe option for you. It's a dangerous option. And uh, really think about it before you would get into it. Um, do it. If you're going to do it, I would imagine the best way to be uh, to be involved would be through uh, one of the big government-approved companies. Like, they like PayPal a lot. So buy it through PayPal or, or some mainstream company and make sure that when the IRS says, hey, we don't know how much you bought or how much you sold, but, well, they're not going to tell you that. They're going to tell you they do know. And they're going to say, pay us, pay us a third. As long as you do that, then I hope that when it's made illegal, they'll say, you know, just cash it all into us and, and we'll give you an equal amount of the new Federal Reserve cryptocurrency. Um, I imagine if you do that, you'll likely be okay. There's a chance they could just make it illegal one day, kind of like the anti-gun president, what was uh, Donald Trump uh, some years ago. He he just said, oh, pump stocks are illegal as of today. If you own one, you're a felon. They could do the same thing with Bitcoin. Um, who knows? Uh, hopefully my rambling background lecture here, uh, if you were at a beginner level, hopefully this has, if not answered any questions, at least made you ask a lot of questions. And if you go out and there are a, a few people, a few books that you can read that would kind of help illuminate things. I already mentioned The Creature from Jekyll Island uh, by G. Edward Griffin. That will help under, help you understand things a bit. Uh, Andreas Antonopoulos, something to that effect. Uh, he's a Bit, uh, Bitcoin expert, uh, and he's very good at speaking to uh, beginners like you and me. He's on YouTube, uh, or he is for now. I imagine in time he'll be deplatformed. Uh, but then he'll, yeah, I'm sure he'll be able to be found on odyssey.com or some other place that uh, is more of a, I don't know, more of a freedom kind of place, a free speech platform. Uh, there are those, so those are a couple sources that can kind of help you in your journey. And then from those, you'll find so many more sources that uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what conclusions you come to, if they're similar to mine or, or not. Well, thanks for taking the time to listen. Hopefully this was of value. And I look forward to speaking with you again sometime soon.